Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 495, November 10th, 2020. It was on this day that the Edmund Fitzgerald went down in 1975. On this day in 2012, it was 69 degrees. And in 1996, it was we hit a three-degree mark on this day. Yep. Oh, from go. the mayor's office. Ooh, nailed it. Above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Did any member of the staff watch the uh, public television documentary last night called Stalag Luft 3, One Man's Story? It was about Minnesotan Charles Worley. I tried. Anybody? Anybody? I I tried and I failed. I'm sorry. I was going to flip to it. But I was fixated on Pats versus Jets on Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, you missed something because it was fabulous, absolutely. F- what a what a human being this guy was. Are they oh, going to replay it? I would imagine you could find it. Okay. Uh, my God, just a steady rock of a human being. And, Tell me uh, the title again. <coughs> Excuse me. Perfect health. Stalag Luft Three, Roman numeral three. One man's story. It was uh, worth every moment of of watching it he was a uh, he no, was can... the uh, bombardier so he was in the nose cone wow oh and, boy and had to bail out uh, near france and he, bailing out uh, that dislocated his shoulder and broke his jaw because the chute was all screwed up oh and then he finally untangled the chute, and he landed, and a fishing boat picked him up and took him to an island, and it just sounded the most serene thing in the world. He, the, the, the woman in the farmhouse gave him some dry clothes and made him lunch, and the next thing you know, the Germans are right there saying, you're coming with us. Wow. And, oh, and then he was in uh, the Stalag that was the scene of the Great Escape film uh, for two mm. years. And it was just, but he... He's, he, the way he tells it is just so matter-of-fact and uh, just wonderful. I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I hope all GLers can figure out a way to see it. It's called Stalag Luft Three, One Man Story. And it's a Minnesotan, Pine City, Minnesota's Charles Worley. He died in 2015. And again, I, I, I was amazed at something that's amazed me before. The human body is really, really a marvelous mechanism. It to to see what a lot of these World War II guys went through, mm-hmm. and yet they live into their nineties. There's no way this guy should have lived into his nineties. You know, they had no food and no hygiene for two years, mm. and, and, wow. and they lived. This guy was, I think, ninety three when he died. Wow. Uh, he was an artist and a photographer and the whole deal, and it was just wonderful. So I just wanted to uh, reinforce the idea that. In the event you hadn't seen that last night, look for it, because it's it's worth your while to see the measured response of a of a solid human being. It just it was just eye opening. You're going to rewatch it, aren't you? If I if it came on again, I'd rewatch it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I won't go searching it out. I just saw it last night. I don't need to. We are fact based, and I owe an apology to the Dakotas. Yeah. Okay. That would be north. As a Dakotan and south. Okay. 
They're not all together, right? They're they're two uh, different deals. Uh, Guido writes. Guido. Guido. <laughs> Since you are a fact-based show, the 2020 election map will show you that Bismarck, North Dakota, is not blue. Burley County voted two to one in favor of Trump. Every state legislative district in Bismarck, Mandan, is also red. Fargo, however, is a different story, which these days is rather purple and trending blue. There are two blue counties on the statewide North Dakota map, and they are where two of the state's Native American reservations are located. Same goes for South Dakota. The blue counties are largely those with Native American reservations. Bismarck, specifically, is likely one of the top three most conservative state capitals in the nation, our governor is a different story, more of a rhino than anything else. Keep pushing back Guido. Uh, Fact-based, the rule about the country's tallest buildings does not apply to South Dakota. This is from Tim. Sioux Falls has grown relatively rapidly but remains solidly red. The city of Sioux Falls spans two counties. In Minnehaha County, Trump won by 53% to 43%. In Lincoln County, where most of the growth is occurring, Trump won by 60% to 30%. Statewide, Republicans did even better. U.S. Senator Mike Rounds won re-election by a margin of 66% to 34%, and Republican Congressman Dusty Johnson beat his opponent by a 62% margin of victory. Democrats continue to hemorrhage members in the South Dakota legislature. They are now down to just eight members in the House of Representatives, while the Republicans increased their total to 62 members. But the loneliest caucus room in Pier this winter will be for the Democrats in the South Dakota Senate. They are now down to just three members compared to 32 Republican senators. On the positive side, it should be fairly easy for these three Democrats to decide who will be the minority minority leader, <laughs> assistant minority leader, and minority whip. <laughs> Man, that makes you want to move to South well, Dakota. That's why it? yesterday when you said that, I found it really surprising just because the ads that we ran for the Sioux Falls Development Committee were basically saying, are you sick of what you're dealing with in Minneapolis? Come here. Move yeah, your business here. I, I leap to an incorrect conclusion. I just figured like everywhere else in the country the closest you get to the tallest buildings that is not true in the Dakotas well my my gal Christy no wouldn't let that happen I don't think so yeah. oh, I don't think God. so mm-hmm. get me started mm-hmm. by the way the tallest building in Bismarck is is the capital at 18 stories yeah. and it's really the only tall building right so, so there aren't any and, and I've been in Pierre there are really no tall buildings in Pierre South Correct. Dakota hey Kenny what do you think the uh, the second tallest building in Bismarck would be uh, it's probably a grain, uh, a grain bin. <laughs> it's not that small. <laughs> grain bins are big these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gus's grain bin right over there. Uh, Tim down on the Gulf Coast has a great idea for us. Joe, you may be aware of Parler and the recent popularity of right-leaning users. I only became aware when some of my conservative Facebook friends told me about it. I'm not too knowledgeable about various social media platforms. I've just joined Twitter recently, and I've been on Facebook for quite a while. From what I observe, though, it appears there's going to be a separate social media groups for the left and for the right. I propose Garage Logic starts a site for the middle. Perhaps with the help of Hubbard Broadcasting and your more text-savvy staff, GL can expand its empire to include social media groups for those of us in the middle. From the very limited information I do have, apparently, Twitter is restricting the message of the right, so Parler has become the place of the right. I don't know what Parler is. Is it's anyone? Just an, staff, it's an, anyone? It's a, 
it's another social site, Joe. Okay. I really wish you had ran this email by me before you brought it up on the show. Why? Yeah, uh, so, so do I, Such. What did I um, screw up no, now? No, you didn't no, screw you up didn't anything. Sc- you didn't just, screw anything up. It's yeah. just if you want to go someplace <laughs> where, you know, they say what you want to hear, that's the place See to this go. can of worms? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, but don't no. you like the guy's idea? No, open. Uh, us doing it? Oh, hell no. I think that's an awful <laughs> idea. I, li- I like the guy, though. Uh, I don't hold it against him, but no. So it's a billion-dollar idea. Social it's a place for GLers to land and, and send awful. out tweets. Well, yeah, I guess it, we'd call it, it garage gossip. It wouldn't be Twitter, though, so you wouldn't call them tweets. Anyway, just a thought for me trying to push back both sides. Oh, I'm using my arms, pushing two walls coming from both directions. Thanks, Tim, from Mississippi by way of the east side of St. Paul. Here's all answers. He's right about that, using both arms, pushing two walls in different directions. He nailed it. He's not wrong, and and it is a good idea. The the problem is we just don't possess the necessary manpower to pull something like that off. Oh, you are such a liar. We don't want to, Chris. We <laughs> wink, don't wink. want I'm to. I'm trying to be polite to Tim. Well, isn't the podcast... Well, we can be honest to him. We, there's no reason why we can't be honest. Isn't the podcast enough? For There's yes. 800,000 people a yes. day that land on this site. Yes. So yes, uh, let's let's stick with that, huh? Get it right. up to a million. Right. Get it up to yep. 190 million. There you go. All right. 10-4, good buddy. <laughs> 190 million. At 2 o'clock today, the governor speaks. I think we're going to find out some more interesting tweaking on uh, curfews and whatnot. Boy, I'll say. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that uh, bars, for example, might face a 10 p.m. curfew. I have a question about that. So do I. I read that this morning. So you're telling me... I ain't going to get the COVID before 10. But if I stick around after 10, that's what I'm going to get the I COVID. I guess you're going to get COVID at 10.15. Got it. Okay. But at quarter to 10, you're all right. I'm fine. I'm fine. See, this is the whimsical nature of these things is what I continue to not understand. Having played in bands and bars for many years, fellas, mm-hmm. after 10 o'clock, you have a much larger crowd and a much drunker crowd who are going to interact. Well, listen to Mr. FYI, break this down on behalf of the government. Okay, well, he's dead on. Yeah, you're right. You're you're not wrong, but John is a guy that bartended the last five years. you're, You're right on that. That's but the, when we start hanging off each other. Hey, come on, <laughs> yeah. Chris. But give me a Chris. <laughs> Bend over so I can give you a big oh, kiss. Yikes. But oh, the other part of this, though, with restricting the, down, Kenny. the amount of people <laughs> that are even Sorry. in the bar. These places aren't even going to be open. It's not going to be worth it to them. Yes. I'm not saying, you know, go ahead and do it. I'm just saying that's the reasoning. The changes include ending in-person service at 10 p.m., no bar seating or counter service. Does that mean the whole time the bar is open? Apparently it does. No bar seating or counter service and limits on standing games such as darts and pool. Beyond Beyond that, the state plans to cap wedding receptions, and other events at 50 people. Uh, that'll start on November 27, uh, down to 25 people after December 11th. Uh, the governor, so he is. He's canceling Christmas. The governor is expected to announce these <laughs> new curbs at 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. today. So here's, here's the other part that I thought of. So you're telling me, Gov, uh, and I get it. The, the numbers are going up. They got to do something. I get all that. I'm going to put Doctors my mask on. Doctors are begging, Chris. Doctors I know. Doctors are begging. But here's my question then. So this is all not okay 
But a thousand people can still go to Target, and what three hundred people can get on an airplane and be on a flight with three hundred other people for multiple hours, and that's okay. Well, you have a point, Chris. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Wall said he would issue new restrictions if the state's coronavirus numbers deteriorated. And on Monday, the governor told reporters he plans to announce new restrictions that target the active spreaders of COVID-19. He plans to address the state at 2 p.m. today. Uh, there are hints those next steps will involve tighter restrictions on bars. The state has identified 117 COVID-19 clusters connected to bars, which have directly infected at least 2,400 people. Half those clusters were identified in October alone, just as community spread began to spiral out of control. But Walls also signaled that a statewide shutdown, similar to what he imposed in the spring as the pandemic was beginning to take hold, is unlikely at this point. He called the springtime shutdowns a blunt instrument. He hinted that the measures he plans to announce today would be more surgical, much more aggressively surgically focused. All right. I think what he's probably after is the crowd of what, uh, the 20 to 35-year-olds? The younger people. 18 yeah. to 35, yeah. apparently, yeah, they've had a huge mm-hmm. Am I stealing your newscast, Johnny? No, 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 yeah, yeah. not at all, not at all. John basically assumed you were going to bring this up. Yeah. Well, well it's, I, I, I it's, read the newspaper, okay? Come right. on. Well, you and I do, yeah. <laughs> I read. <laughs> you read the labels on beer cans. <laughs> well, it's technically reading, isn't that it? That is, it's reading. <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Wall said the state's expansion is aimed especially at 18 to 35-year-olds, a group that officials have identified as what the governor calls the heart and soul of the virus spread. People who fall into that age cohort are often asymptomatic or have mild symptoms, but also tend to be the people going to bars and restaurants or getting together with friends, which state officials have warned against. All right. The state's message right now continues to be that for people who continue to socialize outside their household, they should be tested and often. I got an email from our man in Montana, Scott Matura, Matura, Mm -hmm. uh, who can weigh in on this very topic. Joe, it occurred to me that I can't recall anyone from Gumption County weighing in with COVID. About four weeks ago, I did my last yard mowing of the year. I had, a little gas le- I had a little gas left in my mower and decided to siphon it into my snowblower, which, before you say anything, I used three days later. Welcome to weather in the mountains. I noticed I wasn't getting any gas aroma. I put my hands in gas rag up, t- gas rag up to my nose and smelled again. Not even a hint of the smell of gas. Instantly in my head, it was clear. The next morning, my doctor ordered a test, and my result came back positive 20 hours later. I had COVID. Had I not noticed my loss of smell, I wouldn't have ever changed my behavior in terms of how I felt. To say it another way, you know what COVID was? It was nothing. I had a pretty uncomfortable sinus headache for a day, along with a stiff neck for a day, and that was it. I'll tell you this, when I have the flu, I know I have the flu. I'm on week four and smell is slowly coming back, very slowly. In our town, we are seeing more and more people who are positive and don't know it. So there is a Gumption County COVID report pushing back and holding my ground, Scott Matura uh, in Montana. Uh, Now, he said for his personal experience, COVID was nothing. But unfortunately, there are too many experiences where it is everything, including including death. death. 
Uh, so I, uh, nobody in Garage Logic that I know doubts that this can be severe. It can be severe. Fortunately, I think statistically it most often is not. But for a month now, the guy can't smell. That would drive me nuts. Smelling is a very powerful sense. Did you, you know should that? Smell my hands. You should smell my hands right now, Such. Oh my God, they stink. Why is that, Kenny? You've been out working with the deer. You got a cape out of buck. Yeah, yeah. They, they really. And I washed them good too. And uh, yeah, but you have soap. Yeah, yeah I have soap. Man, you could have identified. You could have identified with this Charles Worley documentary in in quite graphic but extremely literate. Uh, conversation. He spoke of hygiene and the the absence of it, and it was extraordinary. Ugh. Did Just he speak of it in the same manner that I did yesterday off the air? No, he was much much <laughs> more civil than you, much more gifted <laughs> with the language. He didn't go zero to sixty in one point three seconds. Oh, glad I, glad I missed that oh, yesterday. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Oh, but the life they led. Oh my God, it's just amazing. It just. When you compare, when you compare, when you compare his story yep. to what the current conditions are in America, it's just you can't compare them. It's two different worlds. Yeah, two so different worlds. If you would have taken someone, let's say, from a protest back in May that was burning down the city of Minneapolis and and set them where he was a position, you think they'd have a different outlook on this country? Well, first of all, they it would be my suspicion they could not survive as this fellow did no that's true that's true uh but his attitude was you just have to do what you have to do well, yeah. you, you can't you can't change anything and they were relatively they had a relatively pretty good relationship with the germans at the stalag at the at the great escape camp they, they would, you know, the, the Germans were just as hungry as they were in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So if they would get a care package with a chocolate bar or something, they could work that bar with the guards for favors. And, you know, they had a system going. They had a deal going. Mm-hmm. And they built incredible hidden walls in all the camp buildings to, to disguise the digging that was going on. Oh, it was cool. just, it was fantastic. It was just fantastic. Except I, I would like to point out as a cord cutter now, I can brag about this because I have it on my TV whenever I want to go watch it on mm-hmm. my PBS app. So there, mm-hmm. take that. You guys well, may, I, I, I highly recommend I can't you find should. it anywhere. I will. I, I, I will. I'm, I've been looking nonstop since we uh, started here. Can you give Kenny a link, John? Uh, no, because it's on an app on my Roku, my I PBS see. app. Joe, how, do, how, would, watch how does John access that? Costing Jeez. me nothing, incidentally. I yell upstairs and say, I'm turn dead. this on. I can't figure this out. <laughs> I'm better than you. Yeah. Say, I want to tell you something. I called uh, Tim Bloom at EcoFund Motorsports uh, because I've been very serious about taking him up on this winter storage offer. Oh, nice. With a tune-up in the spring, and my scooter gets picked up. Tomorrow evening. Nice. At around dinner cool. hour. Tim so you're throwing it. in the towel. You're throwing in the towel for some potential late fall, early winter riding. Huh? No, 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 no. I want it out of the garage. Let Tim store it. They maintain the battery, and then they do the whole fluid and filter change in the spring. I got you. Bing, bang, boom. It's 229 bucks. That includes the tune-up. You know what that is? Nothing. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Motor scooter uh, brands run 229 Electric bikes uh, run 209 bucks and include full spring tune-up and battery maintenance. Motorcycles, while he has space, run 150 bucks for storage. 
and battery maintenance with additional cost of a spring tune-up at 20% off normal labor rates. Now, customers, you can begin dropping off today and pick up at the end of March. But I'm taking advantage of this sentence in an email he sent us. We also can pick up and re-deliver to the Twin Cities for a small fee. And that's the route I'm going, because I'll be damned if I'm riding a <laughs> Yamaha scooter to Forest Lake today in a 7-inch snowstorm. Come on! Just not going to do it. Not going to do it. What would your guy do? Which guy? Uh, you were just talking about him. He would Charles Worley? He would get on that thing and ride it up to Forest Lake in a snowstorm. Yeah. Because he'd have to do it because he had to. What now? Well, that yeah. was a different time. Gotcha. Uh, that was a very different time. Also, great sale prices right now. Year-end sale prices on scooters and electric bikes, bikes at EcoFun Motorsports. It's right there on Highway 61. Great service, great apparel, great helmets, great selection of... Really fun recreational equipment, a lot of recreational equipment for young people. That's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. His name is Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. You know, Josh, those of us here in GL have been really fixated on the outcome of this election, but some big significant news that affected the markets yesterday was the fact that we may have a vaccine on our hands in the very near future. What do you see forecast in the near future, sir? Chris, one of the one of the things that I have talked about since the beginning of this year outside of the election, and that has been the potential of a vaccine getting done before for the fall. There are an awful lot of people that I know who said impossible. Many scientists said impossible. Yet Operation Warp Speed that the Trump administration pushed through, you know, that president does not listen to science or scientists, but he pushed through Operation Warp Speed and we've had two very significant findings, we'll call them. One from Pfizer BioNTech, which was a vaccine that finished phase three uh, trials very successfully with a 90% efficacy. That should be ready to be administered with emergency use sometime before the end of the year. The second was today with Eli Lilly's antibody that has very significant potential, particularly for those that recently tested positive or in the early stages of this coronavirus. Both deals are very significant, plus there'll be more vaccines coming very shortly from Johnson & Johnson and Moderna. Whether these are going to be significantly, we'll say financially successful, and really boost the stock is yet to be, be seen. Operation Warp Speed, very, very successful. And that takes, as far as I'm concerned, one worry from the market going forward. That said, I do believe there were, there's going to be some type of stimulus coming uh, soon, whether it's within the next month or early next year. Again, very beneficial to the economy. Companies that I have favored, particularly the call them stay-at-home stocks or be-home stock by Mega, uh, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon have suffered the past few days. Money has shifted elsewhere uh, in the market. I still would continue to pound the table for those types of stocks to be a good portion of your portfolio. Lastly, I have noticed that many people have been shifting from stocks into bonds. That, to me, is a losing trade. Bear in mind that while yields might go up, bond values go down and vice versa. Interest rates are going to remain significantly low for the foreseeable future, and bonds are not a place to put some money. If you're looking for something that's got some yield, 
plus some safety. Well, there's one of my old favorites, Coca-Cola with a little better than a 3% yield. And to me, plenty of safety. Very good. And you should call Mr. Money Talk right now for a 48-minute financial consultation. You're always going to get straight talk from Mr. Money Talk, and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. That phone number is 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Call our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Josh, we'll talk to you again on Thursday, sir. Thank you, Chris. Come on. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shoot Sheree Show. Easy for me to say. Pay attention, Such. There's a quiz coming up here. I got an email last week from Chief who says, uh, Hey, dummy, thanks to the boys at DK, I picked up two new toys recently. Uh, and the crew was helpful, courteous, and no BS. Uh, Patrick and Aaron were great to work with. Thanks to their Reavers rule, I was <laughs> able to get a box of 9mm I needed. Uh, they limit the amount of ammo as slobs can hoard, so everybody gets some. And lastly, this is for the mayor. Let's play for a million dollars. Joe, mm-hmm. Chief got a Springfield XD9MM service mod. Mm-hmm. What is that? A pistol. And he got a Ruger American 243 for his uh, lovely uh, uh, another RC. Another pistol. Wrong. Oh. Well, not bad, though, Joe. Not bad. Uh, yeah, the uh, 9mm gave it away. It's a pistol, and the 243 is a uh, long gun. Oh. Uh, most people use them for deer hunting. Uh, and that's what you'll find up at dkmags.com of old Highway 8 fame in New Brighton. A pretty darn good selection of new and used firearms at competitive prices. A very helpful staff and a mighty fine website. Firearms, magazines, suppressors, all the accessories. Uh, and, oh, you know what? Gunsmith. I've used their gunsmith for some trick work on uh, a firearm I, I bought. And, uh, boy, they did a wonderful do- uh, job. DK Mags, they cover it all. Hunting, sport shooting, home and personal protection. And veterans, active service members, LEOs, and first responders, you guys get a discount just for being you. Just be sure to tell them you're a GLer. DKMags.com. Here's our newsman, John Height. Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. As uh, you talked about, Joe, Governor Walls expected to roll out a new round of COVID-19 restrictions as Minnesota faces its most challenging battle yet, slowing down the spread of the cases. Uh, today, this morning, Tuesday morning, the Department of Health said there were 4,906 new cases and 23 new deaths. Those numbers are down from Sunday's record 5924 cases and 31 new deaths. But over the last week, more than 35,000 Minnesotans have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Meanwhile, more than a dozen testing sites will open in the next couple of weeks, and state leaders said they are close to making at-home tests more available. The governor said he hopes that'll help them track and trace the virus to slow it down. Let me ask you something, Johnny. Maybe you know the yes. answer. Uh, the state plans to cap wedding receptions and other events at 50 people on November 27, down to 25 people after December 11th. So yeah. we're no longer using percentage of capacity of a room. We're limiting the people. Yeah, the actual number. In other words, if a venue has a 300-person capacity, the way I understand it is today you could have 150 people at the wedding. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But that'll go down, though. Now that's going right. down to 50 people, so it will have nothing to do with the size of the venue, hmm. as I understand it. Right. That All sounds right. correct, yes, yeah. right. for the way I read it. And right. let me guess, you're going to keep that handy in the event that you and the CP get invited to a wedding. Well, i got to use some excuse not to go. <laughs> Joe will be carried around a counter like nope, a can't go umpire. 26 One, and 27. Two, yeah. <laughs> uh, next door to us uh, over in North Dakota, hospitals have reached 100% capacity. And Governor Doug Burgum says the coming weeks could push them past their capabilities. Uh, due to a major shortage of health care staffing, the state's hospitals have a severe lack of available beds, the governor said. Uh, Burgum said hospitals are implementing their surge plans, and some will be voluntarily stopping elective surgeries to free up staff. He added the state will coordinate with hospitals to move nurses to medical centers in most dire need of staff. In an attempt to alleviate some of the staffing problems, Bergam announced that interim state health officer Dirk Wilkie has amended an order that will allow health care workers with asymptomatic cases to continue working in hospitals' COVID-19 units. The Republican governor said hospital administrators asked the state to take that step. Uh, Despite all this, the governor says he will not put a mask mandate into effect, although many counties and cities in North Dakota have their own mandates. Oh, Hmm. I have a question. Um... I, when I read this story this morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, aren't we laying off nurses? I was thinking the same thing. Well, great minds We've think laid alike. off all these people yeah. to the point where we now have to beg the people who are testing positive to remain working. What the hell is I, that? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Good Lord. And let me tell you, nurses are stressed right now. I can imagine. I would. That's why yeah, I take yeah. the long way home. Oh, man. <laughs> you might go home tonight via the North Pole. I think I might have to, actually. you yeah. got to swing down, swing up, Calcutta <laughs> Clipper. What vehicle are you in? Uh, I got the Aviator today. Okay, because uh, I, this weather forecast is real, ladies and gentlemen, around the country. Sanibel Jim, eat your heart out. We're going to get about six to seven inches of snow. You're sitting by your pool. Yeah. He might have to put on a long sleeve shirt, yeah, though. Maybe, you know? maybe. You, uh, you guys did. You poor fragile thing, you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like winter, Kenny. I used to. Back in the days when I could skate, I relished the onset of winter. I beat you going backwards on my yeah. skates. When did you guys no. skate off? Not, not anymore. My no. knees don't even work anymore. <laughs> my, my big fat feet won't go into a pair of skis. Are you kidding me? Jeez, I can. I've already fallen down in the ice once this year. I could have beat you though. I could have beat him going backwards. There's not a doubt in my mind. Hey, speaking of that, you made a full recovery. Did you get a full round in on Sunday? Uh, nine holes. Nine holes. Wow. Oh, oh, you're that good. Oh, mm-hmm. well, he's been nice. crutch free for what two weeks now? No, crutch free for a week. Okay. Oh, not bad. I switch. don't have any complaints. I got lucky. Yep. Uh, Today, Tuesday, Minneapolis City Council members are expected to discuss a plan to bring in reinforcements to help Minneapolis police address a recent increase in violent crime. City leaders will consider whether to bring in the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office and Metro Transit Police to help out. City documents say the police department is facing multiple challenges meeting the needs of the city alone. According to Police Chief Madario Arredondo, violent crime is up more than 20% citywide and up 40% compared with two years ago. The 
This comes as the police department is facing staff shortages and possible budget cuts. At last check, 175 police officers have taken disability leave for both physical and mental health reasons. Additionally, the attorney representing those officers say the force could lose up to 100 more officers. Plus, the department is facing $12 million in proposed budget cuts. The city has worked with the sheriff's office in prior years, uh, having deputies help prevent and respond to shootings downtown. I have had several emailers present very dire thoughts to me regarding Lisa Bender, Mm -hmm. who strikes me as being terribly unaware of her standing in the community at large. She might be found to be very appealing to the 400 people who voted for her, but at large, the vast majority of us think her as preposterous and incompetent and ridiculous. But these emailers are suggesting she has higher goals in mind. Oh, gosh. That she what? It might be setting up a run for governor or something. If oh, that's the case, I don't know why she went to Duluth. But then again, we don't know if, in fact, she's in Duluth. I found something that kind of corroborates what you just said. A representative by the name of Aisha Gomez, Mm -hmm. uh, her Twitter account says radical Southsider, and she's the state representative for District 62B, which I think is the Richfield area. Mm -hmm. Um, She uh, evidently uh, penned a letter uh, that was submitted to Governor Walls earlier this week talking about how the protesters on I-94 last week, some of which were arrested, how that was the exact opposite uh, action that they wanted taken because they didn't defuse the situation. I wanted to retweet it, but I don't want to give it attention. The the, the comments underneath this mm-hmm. are terrifying because oh, these yeah. are the people They're that so live in her upset. district. They were well, they were kettled. We were kettled. Yeah, <laughs> a break. That means they were corralled up so yeah. they couldn't get away, and they were all arrested Good. like they should be because Good. they were breaking <laughs> the law. Yeah. You didn't give us a warning. Yeah. You didn't tell You're us to disperse. You're on the freeway. Get you off the freeway, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was reading this, and I was I was losing all faith in Just humanity. blind stupidity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of crime in Minneapolis, a young man fatally shot in his vehicle Sunday night in the heart of Uptown by a would-be robber. No arrests right now. Police say officers responded 8 o'clock in the evening. South Bride Avenue and West Lake Street, where a man in his late teens had been shot. They provided emergency medical treatment before he was taken to ambulance, uh, by ambulance, excuse me, to HCMC, where he died several hours later. The victim and another person had been in a car earlier in the evening near Lagoon and South Fremont Avenues, about a third of a mile from where police first found him when a suspect got in the backseat with the intent of robbing the occupants. The gunman ran from the scene. The driver left as well before stopping at Lake and Bryant to call police. Uptown's been hit hard this year with shootings, carjackings, dangerous driving, other violent acts amid the economic downturn attributed to the coronavirus. Steve Taylor, facilitator of the popular Uptown Crime Facebook page, is working to develop a registry of local victims, many who say they feel abandoned by elected leaders and fear an officer shortage has emboldened criminals. Taylor said the council wants to blame the police. The police want to blame the council. Nobody wants to take responsibility. How is the council blaming the police? No, well, people are blaming the police, not the council. I thought you said, oh, people I'm sorry. are. The city council wants, oh, you're right, now, never mind, don't even know what I'm reading myself. Did you just you're FYI right, yourself? I did, I just FYI, FYI cool. myself. Glad to participate in that. <laughs>
Uh, one, one person dead, two people in custody after a shooting that took place Monday night in Egan. According to the Egan Police Department, officers responded to a report of gunshots near Egandale Place on Lone Oak Road. When they got there, they found a male victim with an apparent gunshot wound to the head outside a nearby hotel, pronounced dead at the scene. Shortly afterward, police said they stopped a vehicle leaving the area, took a man and woman into custody. The identities of those involved has not been released, and the whole thing is still under investigation. Trump administration throwing presidential transition into tumult. On Monday, with President Trump blocking government officials from cooperating with President-elect Joe Biden's team and Attorney General William Barr authorizing the Justice Department to probe unsubstantiated allegations of voter fraud, some Republicans, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, rallied behind the president's efforts to fight the election results. On Monday, Barr authorized U.S. attorneys to probe quote, substantial allegations of voter irregularities, though no widespread instances of that type have been found to exist. In fact, election officials from both political parties have publicly stated voting went well. Richard Pilger, who was director of the Election Crimes Branch of the Department of Justice, sent a memo to colleagues that suggested his resignation right after Barr's memo came out was linked to Barr's memo. He said, I've enjoyed very much working with you for over a decade to aggressively and diligently enforce federal criminal election law, practice, and policy. I thank you for your support in that effort. Meanwhile, things have apparently slowed to a crawl at the White House. President Trump's public schedule has not included an intelligence briefing since October 1st. I think he the should White have House. one, John. Well, it's it's five, six weeks. Yeah, I, I think he know. should have one. The White House hasn't provided a readout Let of us any know call between... Let Yeah. Hasn't provided a readout of any call between the president and a foreign leader in weeks, and the president has not met with members of the coronavirus task force in several months. He's also offered no comment so far on Tropical Storm Etta lashing the Florida Keys. Well, what the hell he, is he doing? Well, he did fire Defense Secretary Mark Esper yesterday. I understand that, but that took five minutes. What the hell is he doing with his entire day? <laughs> well, he's, Video games. Yeah, he's tied up in legal legal issues. Maybe I have a he's co- keeping out a buck. Maybe, I yeah, maybe he's keeping out a buck. Um, with Biden holding what seems to be daily press conferences, is that? I think that's typical. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. You think Trump has ever been in a hardware store? Serious question. No. Ever, as in ever in his life, do you I, ever think you know, he's been in a hardware I store? I bet he has. When All he right. was a kid, I bet he was in one once. All right. You think? What? You think Biden has? Yeah, I think, think any Biden. of these jackasses have. I think Biden probably has been in a hardware. Please. The problem was Biden was in a hardware <laughs> store thinking he was at the supermarket. That's right. Tried to buy food. <laughs> Wait, oh, I'm giving myself yes. one of these. I'm giving myself one. Uh, you know what? You, you know guys. what, Kenny? Maybe you're right. Remember the famous incident of George H. W. Bush. Exactly what I was going to bring up next. <laughs> Being yep. shown the uh, some sort of uh, new checkout technology in scanner, a supermarket yeah. scanner, and yeah. he had no bleeping idea what it was. You know, either way, though. This self checkout. They asked him about the milk. Remember? Yeah, How much no is this idea. thing of milk? Yeah. And he had no clue. Yeah. No Y'all, clue either would I have? So, okay. yeah, I have no idea what milk is. I don't know I the price of food. It. Yeah. Don't look at the receipt. Always shocked at the total. I spent a hundred bucks. <laughs> what? Bleep and bleep, bleep, bleep. 
apparently, uh, two White House officials say uh, the president may not be done, that Christopher Wray, the FBI director, and Gina Haspel, the CIA director, could be next in line to be fired. Esper's downfall had been expected for a couple of months after he took the rare step of disagreeing publicly with President Trump in June, saying that active-duty military troops should not be sent to control the wave of protests in American cities. Esper said that job belonged to the National Guard. You think Ilhan Omar has ever been in a hardware store? No. no. You think Lacey Johnson? Was yes. That? Kendall Qualls? Yes. Yeah. About three times a week, yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah. Absolutely. Usually a Fratelloni's, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Back to COVID news for just a moment. Uh, Ben Carson, the Housing and Urban Development Secretary, has tested positive as a new outbreak of the disease sweeps through the White House. Uh, Mark Meadows, White House Chief of Staff, tested positive last week. In addition to five other Trump campaign and White House insiders, uh, Meadows notably attended President Trump's election party at the White House last week, where hundreds of people were gathered. The Supreme Court began hearing arguments this morning, Tuesday, in a Trump administration-backed effort to overturn the Affordable Care Act. Republican attorneys general, I love saying that, attorneys general from 18 states with support from the Justice Department are asking the top court to invalidate <laughs> the Larry law. Likes, Larry likes it, too. <laughs> that was a loud one. I yeah. think you're, uh, you're storyboard Larry. John. <laughs> they argue that a 2017 tax bill that scrapped Obamacare's individual mandate penalty for not having health insurance made the entire law unconstitutional. Well, in Larry's defense, we typically do the show during his nap time. So, well, he is a dog. He sleeps about 20 hours a day. But John, okay? you're in the northern <laughs> suburbs. Cool. I uh, am. Is it snowing? Cracktown. Is it snowing? <laughs> Uh, it was uh, snowing very lightly right before the show. I don't know. And, and I'm Kenny, are you up County. in uh, rural America? Yeah, yeah but uh, never mind me. Uh, you know, my stuff is none of your business. But, John, uh, <laughs> you are in Anoka County, right? I am, yes. Which is uh, Trump County, if oh, I remember most right. most definitely, yes. Most oh. definitely. Well, that's yeah. nice. At least you're surrounded by fellow good citizens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, too, of... I, too, am living in a Trump County. A lot of trucks with Trump flags. Uh, floating around my area, a lot of them. Hmm. Uh, Joseph Grismore of Park Rapids, Minnesota, had a mission back in 2007. He wanted to break the world record for having the tallest mohawk in the world. Now oh. you got to have goals. He, he backed out, though, after learning he'd have to shave the sides of his hair in order to achieve the title. Then he had well, a what change does he of think heart. A mohawk yeah, is? I, I know. When I re- first read the story, I thought the same thing. He had a change of heart. Decided to get back into the race. Uh, now, uh, after seven years of growing out his hair since 2013, he's officially broken the record. He made it into the Guinness World Records 2021 with the tallest full mohawk in the world, four feet tall. Wow! Wow! Now, when I'm he goes having, to work, uh, I'm, having yeah. a, I'm having a very dark thought that has nothing Uh-oh. to do with this moron's haircut. <laughs> yes. He's not a moron. He's a, he's a hero. Ambitious. What if future governance of states makes the governor have full-time powers all the time? Don't even say that. Well, I mean, oh. once, once these kinds of powers are granted... They're very hard to take back. As we're seeing here. And I, I, I'm just wondering, in the future, COVID or no COVID, if that'll be a standard dynamic of governing, that the role of a governor will, uh, will uh, enable him to, uh, at his whim, 
constantly declare one after the other the emergency set of powers. We can't. I'm not indicting can't. walls about anything. I'm I'm asking generically about the way the country will be governed because it's that's happening all thought. over the place. And I guess that's the biggest issue that I am taking with not only walls but several other governors around the country. And I'm not downplaying the significance of COVID. I'm saying he's on a power trip. That's that's a lot of what it, it's is happening here. I, I you keep saying that. I I keep oh. I keep I'm keep I I am. I beat count by Sengyamun. Larry? Really? Larry? <laughs> Larry. <laughs> I keep believing that he is seized upon this as his role to prevent death and mayhem. Uh, what I'm wondering, where the dark thought comes in, is what's to prevent governance in the future from the governors taking on these expanded roles? You could whip this up for, a, you know, if there was a cold, common cold or the flu season or whatever. Well, there'd have to be a change in, what would it be? That Con- the state's state con- constitution. Constitution, yeah. yeah. But again, no. yesterday alone, we had news that we're on the verge of a vaccine that probably may or may not happen before the end of this year. Who, kn- who knows when that's going to happen? But the problem is he's, he's strictly going by the guidelines of protecting lives, protecting. Okay, got, gotcha, gotcha, got, got, got all that. What he's not factoring in is the unneeded stress that he's putting on every single family in this state right now that are having to uproot everything that they are doing in their lives to accommodate his new set of rules. And it's working well, you're, my you're last talking, you're, you're talking most principally schooling in that case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's not factoring into the, the, the people that have two kids in school that might have just lost their, their service industry job. And that are just trying to get by, check the check. He doesn't factor into any of that. So what would you have him do, Chris? Well, but it's a virus that has a, what, 99 point whatever percent survival rate, correct? Mm. 98? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact figure is. I get it. And I, I'm not downplaying the significance of COVID. I'm just merely trying to speak for the people that have been dealing with this, having to distance learn with their kids since freaking March. Mike Osterholm yeah. said it's, go, it's going to get worse. We're heading into the darkest period of this mm-hmm. illness. And to uh, the other point, I have a niece right now who teaches. Guess what? She's right. got COVID-19 and she's stuck at home. Sick, three you know. family members that are that are sick and bad with it right now. You yeah. do, Kenny? Yeah, yeah. What condition is your niece in, John? Uh, she's uh, been in bed for a few days. She's had a high fever. Her sinuses are horrible. She, luckily, no lung problems. Because mm-hmm. apparently, from what I've read, that's if you have the lung problems, that's the thing that can stick around after you get it. Yeah. Uh, but she's still waylaid. Her and her daughter got it. Would that be my great niece? I, I have no idea. Let's be. not go down that road. <laughs> it's like trying to figure out cousins. Let's not do it. Yeah. Well, Let's, that's a, that's a shame. I, I'm lucky right now. I don't know. Oh no, I do have I do have extended uh, uh, relatives who've had it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Just occurred to me. Uh, there are uh, some celebrity deaths we could talk about, <laughs> including one obscure musician death that I don't think should be obscure, but I'm sure you guys will disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Len Berry. Anybody remember Len Berry? No. Um, no. Lead singer uh, for the Devells. 
in the 1960s, went on to have a successful solo career after he left that band. Uh, he was 78, no cause of death was given. Uh, the Devells, if you don't remember them, you might remember their hits. Uh, they came out of Philadelphia. They had a big hit in the early 60s with a song called The Bristol Stomp. Oh, Anyone? yeah. Sure, I know that when song. you do The Bristol Stomp. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ugh, sounds like a novelty song. W- no, wonderful song. Went really? to number two. Oh, yeah, great song. Went to number two, and then they had a follow-up two years later with another great rocker called You Can't Sit Down, which was you also can't a sit down. Boom, 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 That's boom, it. Boom, yep. Boom. Yep. Yeah, went to number three, big R&B kind Boy. of stomper. F- Philly, Philly soul or R&B or what are we talking about? I'd call it here? Philly R&B, yeah. But then he, when he went solo in the 60s, he had its that I would call Philly soul. He hit number two in 1965 with a song called One, Two, Three. Remember that? Mm-hmm. One, two, One, two, three. three. Yep, I it's know. It's elementary. It's going to be. That's right. Sounds awful. It sounds like an awful song. It's a great record. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm you know starting what? to I've agree. Given up on you. I'm starting to agree with John that this is not an obscure death. And the B side of that song was four, three, <laughs> four, three, two, one. <laughs> one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he also charted. Also charted after that with a record called "Like a Baby," which was a big hit. Pretty much a Philly soul thing. Well, he's not no, obscure I, at all. No, and he was also a prolific songwriter and record producer. He wrote hit, hit single "Zoom." For Philadelphia's Fat Larry's band, oh yeah, and I've Love, never heard of them. <laughs> and Love Town for vocalist and keyboardist Booker Newberry the uh, Third, he produced hits with the R and B group, <laughs> with the R and B group Blue Magic. I'm starting to think, Kenny, this is your issue, not the. I'm artists. pretty sure you're making <laughs> all of this crap. You know where Todd I'm, Rundgren's uh, from? Todd Rundgren's Philadelphia. He's from yeah. Edina. Hall and Oates, Philadelphia. Hmm. Yeah, they actually grew up a couple blocks from each other, mm-hmm. Daryl Hall and. Uh, and Todd Runger. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. we in a break right now? No, we're not. Actually. We're not. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Len Berry was 78. We don't know what he died from. Norm Crosby, the deadpan mangler of the English language, That's just right. died at the age of 93. Mm-hmm. He was quite popular for a while. Uh, Crosby had realized he needed a gimmick early in his career to uh, make himself different from the uh, generation of comedians who were achieving fame at that time. He said, I was looking around for fresh ideas and I kept hearing people misuse words. So I started to use it in my act. It actually basically became his act. Uh, For instance, he called the famed baby Dr. Benjamin Spock, Dr. Spook. With straight face sincerity, he said people should have an apathy for one another. They should have rapport for each other. He was the king mm. of the malaprop. He was That's, king uh, of the malaprop. Hysterical. Yeah. I uh, I also seen uh, <laughs> that he was the lesser known uh, brother of uh, crooner Bing Crosby too. No, I don't think I, that's I don't true. Think they're related, Kenny. That's that's not true, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> you stick to sitting there, you know, making stuff up, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna go back to sniffing my gross fingers. <laughs> oh, well, please God, please instruct awful. the uh, listeners. That's because of your work with the deer you've been harvesting. Yes. Yeah. 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 You think so? Uh, <laughs> And now we know about the death, of course, of Alex Trebek, who died over the weekend of the pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. Uh, We all know about Alex Trebek, so I have a cool story I'm going to read that's sort of about him, but not really. Ellie Sherriott spoke only the Farsi language when she moved to the United States from Iran as a young girl. But when her father introduced her to the show Jeopardy!, her world opened up. She learned to pronounce words that appeared on the screen... For millions of Americans, Alex Trebek felt like one of the family. Millions of Jeopardy! viewers loved him for the way he deadpanned rap lyrics while being impeccably dressed. He made stars out of some contestants and lightheartedly needled them too, but for scores of first-generation Americans and families, 
Alex helped teach them English five nights a week. Hmm. Jeopardy was that wholesome show that you never had to be embarrassed to put on with your immigrant parents, Shariat said. It brought our whole family so much closer together, and the loss of Alex is going to leave a huge hole in our hearts and our home. Was that show uh, on new, every day? Every day. Jeez. Every day. Uh, she said he helped, uh, Trebek helped them feel more comfortable in their adopted country and inspired a lifelong love of learning. After two decades of studies have shown that immigrants often learn English from watching TV. Jeopardy helped in that way, being the perfect primer on America for new Americans. It's on basic cable five nights a week after typical work hours and its subjects span history, the arts, and pop culture. At least two people who learned English from Jeopardy have appeared on the show to tell Trebek about his impact on their lives. Uh, punch for 800, please. A blow to the back of the neck is the punch named for this animal. Mike. What is a donkey? No. Betsy. What is a rabbit punch? Rabbit, yes. Uh, punch for 600, please. Is that Jeopardy? <laughs> That's Jeopardy. <laughs> but, but even Alex's little chuckle there, I mean, is, oh, is just... God, it's is, is, Jeopardy the one, is Jeopardy the one they did a send-up on of SNL when oh, Sean Connery yes. was... Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say, how yeah. ironic we lost uh, Sean Connery, too. Yeah. Well, that, somebody had put that out there saying how... Uh, Hell, they're they're giving each other the business up in heaven right now. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So Jeopardy, Jeopardy, I thought Jeopardy only had two contestants on. No, it's got three. Three. Three Three. Three contestants. And they're asked questions and they have to hit a buzzer. No, no, the answer comes up. The answer comes up. The only man in America that doesn't. He doesn't like game shows. So, So, Joe, here's how it worked. Okay. Sometimes you really make me mad, Joe. I know. Say podcasts was the, that you have six questions in different categories, right? Right, right. Podcasts is one, let's say. Okay. Yeah. I'll take podcasts for, for $200. Right. And what would come up is. The answer. Uh, Joe Souchere. The mayor of Garage have, Logic. You'd have, you'd have, but you have to say who is, otherwise it doesn't count. I see. Who is the mayor of Garage Logic? All right. So it sounds a little After bit something like this. this. Sounds like this. His name's on the tip of my tongue. It begins with an N. No, no, no. It's an N. No, 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 Please stop. Please stop. What in the... Burt Reynolds, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's not my name. All right. Turd Ferguson. Sorry I'm late. I had to pick up my podium from the grass. Uh, you're not late. You weren't invited. I'd like to solve the puzzle, House. This isn't Wheel of Fortune. Who is Andre the Giant? Is that an answer to a question? No, I was just wondering, uh, just wondering who is Andre the Giant. Oh. I'm going to watch that entire um, clip later today. To tie all this together in a big loop, if you follow Norm MacDonald on Twitter, mm-hmm. he wrote a wonderful tribute to Norm Crosby, hmm. where he basically just used malapropisms yeah. to, uh, malaprops to write the entire tribute to him. It was, it was it. very clever. Got it. Norm is very good on Twitter. Who is Andre the Giant? Who is? I just, I just want to know. I just who, want to know. Who is Andre the Giant? That was the, the best gum. part of the 40th anniversary, that yeah. skit. They right used there. to be funny. Yeah. They've still got some moments. No. It's just a political show now. I haven't seen it in so I haven't watched long. it in ages. <sighs> so long. Well, then how do you know that it's not funny? Oh, I just know. <laughs> okay. Who is Andre the Giant? I'm just telling you, it's, it's just not funny. 
<laughs> Although Dave Chappelle had a pretty good couple of moments on the on the episode last week. Unaware he, of it. He is funny. Didn't watch. Dave Chappelle is funny. Dave is funny. Guy. I agree with what Joe said. It's a political show, and uh, I can't do that. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what I hear about Garage Logic sometimes. <laughs> John, don't. Uh, I keep trying. Oh, John. sorry. I know. I know you do. I have a bear update today. Oh, uh, good. oh I, I good. Have, I have good. all kinds of things. I have news about our friend uh, Pete Nigerian. Uh, cool. We got all kinds of things coming. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, Johnny. All thank right, you. Then. You bet. Thank you. We'll uh, we'll return shortly. Do you have bear update theme? Uh, we can't play that, remember? I thought we made a new one. Oh. Is this Getty Lee Height on bass? <laughs> well, this is the ultimate bear update. You guys, what do you got? The Russian Navy has defended the shooting of a mother bear and its cub on a nuclear submarine. We interrupt this program to bring you a bulletin concerning the bear in Central City. Jelly Stone Park has turned into a city. Hold it, bear. Hey, look at that bear up there. Somebody's up there for a coat on a bear up there. All right, look out. Come back here, bear. Don't be afraid, bear. Move this way. Give me your paw. What did you do that for? I didn't buy them. Okay, let, let's, let's stop right there. Uh, I asked Rookie. Oh, I don't know. A few years Five ago. Five years ago. Oh, it was longer than that. <laughs> to create a bear update. Longer than that. That's the equivalent of a of a kid saying, see, spot, run. <laughs> this is what he came up with. Yep. To the point where the final voice you hear isn't even a bear. <laughs> it's the cowardly lion. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. The Russian He's, Navy has defended the shooting of a mother bear and its cub on a nuclear submarine following outrage uh, among many social media, media users. The Navy says there was no option after the animals climbed onto the vessel, bored off the Vilyachinsk base in the far eastern Kamchatka region. It says a hunting instructor was called in to neutralize the wild animals. Hundreds of social media users accused the Navy of unnecessary cruelty after seeing video of the shooting online. Hey, the bears don't get to be on your nuclear sub. Nope. Shoot them. <laughs> get rid of them. Keep Let's, them out. Where's the climate change part of this story? Let me see if we have this. Thanks, the Kamchatka Peninsula is home to about 24,000 bears that can frequently be seen on local beaches. Far north Russian village is overrun by polar bears. Uh, last year, more than 50 polar bears descended on a village in Russia's far north. Conservationists say climate change could be to blame with weak coastal ice forcing the bears to search for food inland rather than at sea. B as in B, S as in S. They've got so many bears there that the Russian Navy had to bump off a few who were trying to steal a nuclear submarine and take it out to sea. (laughs) Because that's what they were going to do. You know what they're going to do? Sail it to the United States Mm -hmm. and wreak havoc. Yep. That's what they're going to do. Say, before you move on to your next topic, um, I have a a question. Uh, I hope you don't mind that I'm bringing this up on the air. But uh, we all know our our buddy Tom uh, works in building services. Oh, sure. Huge fan of the show here in Garage Logic. Sure. He sent me an email right about when we started recording. Um, Joe, do you have to get gas later today? I do, from my snowblower. 
So, uh, fellas, I'm going to forge you the email because Tom was walking through the, uh, the 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 parking area, yeah, and noticed Joe's car with a giant yellow post-it note that says "gas." <laughs> did he take a picture? He, he sure did. He took a picture. He sure did. I think. Uh, well, you know why that note's there? We've got to get this on social. That's that's. No, no, let me tell you. Here we go. Let me tell you why the note's there. Yep. Because the gas can is in the trunk. Ah, well, makes perfect sense. It does. File name gas. <laughs> wow, huge. I lead Lord. my life with post-it notes. Yep. I'll just make sure. And so the the five gallon can is in the back of the rig, sure. and, and it's so empty it doesn't even smell of gas. So I would tend to forget that it's even back there. So I have a note to myself, gas. Gas. Hmm. Then I can get can't some smell? gas on the way home. Maybe you got COVID. Oh, if you, if you can't smell it, that's a good no, point. No, 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 no. Believe me, I'm so aware <laughs> no, of that. No, I no. keep checking my smell. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I keep checking my sense of smell. You uh, stick your finger in your armpit or, no, or some no, other we're, we're good. Another I, area? I smell I smell good. I don't <laughs> notified in the GL newsroom that Joe needs to get gas. Yep. <laughs> Former Gopher, now CNBC Fast Money host Pete Najarian, is considering a run for governor. Wow. That'll be another kind I'd of vote for Pete. A kind of another bald, ponytailed uh, governor like his buddy Jesse. Uh, God, I, I think Pete's a hell of a guy. This would be quite a, uh, I think he's made quite a success for himself in the world of finance. And uh, I think he would have some, some great ideas. I printed this out from, from a WCCO site, and their site is so lousy, lousy that the is printer it? is, is uh, graph, uh, the printer is, uh, what's the type size? It's really small. What do you call that? Times New Roman? No. Uh, agate. It's almost ah, agate type. Agate. I can't read it. I can't read it, but uh, we can we can uh, possibly get to know more of that uh, by contacting Pete and and me finding a piece that I can read that actually has print that I can see. Well, do you want to have him on? I'd love to, but we got to know how serious. He, well, yeah, I'll have him on. I'll have him on. He loves us. I'll Pete's a good man, good guy, very friendly guy. Don't you think? A uh, tweet has been mm-hmm. sent, Kenny. Just so you're aware. Cats. <laughs> How do we know Pete? Was he was Pete? He wasn't just a guest, right? Didn't he do some fill-in work um, on the radio station? He did. He filled in for Patrick a couple times. Mm-hmm. I know that oh, okay. on the ride yeah. with Royce. Yeah. Well, and his dad John was such a famous Twin City and mm-hmm. uh, Minnesotan, if not world world known. And all the guys played football, and then Jerry and family didn't they? That was the best uh, time when Pete came on, and we were reminiscing about the. Eighty-four to thirteen, uh, Gopher lost to was it Nebraska, John yeah, or Oklahoma? Nebraska. Okay, Nebraska. In which Pete led the team in tackles with fourteen, and he claims eleven. He was running the opposite way. So right. He was always chasing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Say great news from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo: free range fresh turkeys are available, two ninety nine a pound. I am told that's a good price because I don't know the price of food. But free-range fresh turkeys, man, they, it's going to be the best Thanksgiving turkey you've ever had. And you can call in to order ahead. You can call in, 651-426-2800. Uh, that might be terribly convenient, but that's not going to allow you to escape the temptations you will face when you're actually in that emporium of meat. 
or right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. The brats, the burgers, the tomahawk steaks, Philly patties, jerky, thick-cut bacon and mm-hmm. ham. It's just on and on and on. It's just been a glorious, glorious discovery. And these turkeys, uh, I'm, I'm liking the sound of a free-range, fresh turkey. Mm-hmm. This baby's probably running around Spencer's farm somewhere. Right? Then he goes out and brings it into the shop. Sure. Bing, yeah. bang, boom. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> God, suit. Uh, Two ninety nine so, a pound. It's the best turkey you'll ever taste. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. As I say, you may call ahead if you wish. 651-426-2800. But as I say, uh, that's not going to uh, cause you to have any escape from the temptations that will overwhelm you when you actually go to get the turkey and then leave with about five bags of other stuff because you just won't be able to resist. It's Spencer Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on Highway 61. Where else? Where else? Mm -hmm. Right at the north end of Hugo. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Hey. What? So I um, <clears throat> tweeted out the photo that Tom sent us about you and your post-it note to get yeah. gas. Yeah. I think it has your license plate in it. Get it off of there. <laughs> I'll edit it real quick. Hold on. Only. Oh, oh be, by the you. way, no he's make. kidding you. I know. Joe, no make a move you. required right now. My latest look out the window uh, revealed absolutely no snow falling at the present moment. Were you a glance out the window? Yeah. Oh, cool. Only so because they de- come to us. Declared the whole seven county area <laughs> right. just We're fine <laughs> because you don't see any snow. If I don't on see University any snow in two eighty, you know what, then Kenny, it's not yeah, snowing that's anywhere. That's right. That's cool. My route's cool. not affected. <laughs> when I was a kid, didn't you think it was if it was raining, it was raining everywhere? Yes. No, yeah. I didn't. Yes, I did, Kenny, because I, I was stupid. The, I was a never gave it that much thought. Yeah. Is that a declarative <laughs> sentence, Professor? Oh. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's an wow. inside joke. Uh, uh, only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. And I have a personal relationship with a couple of these, so I'm very interested. Uh, they come to us from Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history, November 10th. On this date, in 1851, the Sisters of St. Joseph, Saint Joseph of Carondelet Open a school for girls in St. Paul, enrolling 14 pupils and holding classes in the former chapel of St. Paul. Originally named St. Mary's, their new school would eventually be known as St. Joseph's Academy, where my mother attended and where I still get mail from the school, even though she died April 29th, 1962. No, what did she no. die? 2016. 2016. 2016. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1855, Henry W. Longfellow published The Song of Hiawatha. Although the poet never visited Minnesota, his poem depicts locations such as Minnehaha Falls and inspired some of the state's place names, including Bina, Nushka, Osseo, Ponema, and Wabasso. And again, hmm. another school item in 1871 on this date, Cretan High School opened in St. Paul. Named for Joseph Creton, the first bishop of the Diocese of St. Paul, the school would merge with Durham Hall High School in 1987. And all the kids I used to have went to Creton-Durham Hall. Uh, in 1880, 
Uh, Captain R. H. L. Jewett receives from the government a shipment of young carp with which to stock Rice County Lakes. A government commission had been formed oh, in response to European immigrants' <laughs> demands oh. for the fish. Did you oh. know that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Why, why the demand? Eastern European immigrants apparently liked carp. Huh. Yeah, that's my neck of the woods, Rice County. In 1975, the ore boat Edmund Fitzgerald sunk in Lake Superior and 29 crew members went down with it. Super right on this uh, day. Kenny Super 70 Sports referenced that today. Did you see that? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. He said, put on some GD Gordon Lightfoot and sell, or, and uh, pay your oh. respect. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And on this date. Sorry. <laughs> what song are you going to play us? Well, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Well, go it. ahead. Give us a little. Do you oh, know it? God. Well, I know parts of it. Let's see. Just hum Thank along. You. The legend lives on in the simple one There, that's enough. Yeah, on this date in 1976, Governor Wendy Anderson announced that he'll fill <laughs> newly elected Vice President Walter F. Mondale's U.S. Senate seat. He resigned as governor and was replaced by Lieutenant Governor Rudy Perpich, who then appointed Anderson to complete Mondale's term. The move ends Anderson's political career and makes Perpich uh, and makes Perpich's. Anderson would not earn re-election to the Senate in 1978, but Perpich would serve out Anderson's term and be elected governor again in 1982. Wow. How about that? Rudy Perpich was quite the character. Yeah? I'll never forget the time he summoned a lot of us over to the mansion on Summit because hmm. he was being criticized because his wife Lola uh, bought a new table or something, and he... He wanted to insist that he was never abuser of, of public money whatsoever. And he said, look at the conditions we live in. And he took us up to the attic, and he had a hose coming through the roof of the house into a bucket and saying, the roof leaks, and I don't even have the money to fix this roof. And the roof was leaking into a bucket. So it was quite, this, quite theatrical, <laughs> quite theatrical. Got it. Not as theatrical as I hoped that would come across, no, but, no. but it was quite theatrical. <laughs> quite theatrical. Quite theatrical. So that's it, folks, uh, on couple, this day. A couple items. Uh, Pete Nigerian will join us on tomorrow's program. Wonderful. Uh, he said he'd be delighted to join the mayor in Garage huh. Logic tomorrow. Right. Uh, also, uh, I did not know this, Joe, but apparently uh, the practice round at the Masters, mm -hmm. which is today. Right. Uh, no, well, there's been practice rounds every day. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but players apparently uh, have been skipping their tee shots uh, off the water at 16. Yeah. Apparently that's a thing. I didn't know that. Uh, John Rahm just hit a hole in one, skipping the water on 16. Really? I'm going to retweet the video. Oh, cool. It's wow. really cool. Wow. Oh, neat. Wow. <laughs> the forecast continues to hold out for rain there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That bums you out. It does because it's my favorite sporting event of the year. Oh, I'm sorry. Do Joe. we have any update on Governor uh, Ventura appearing on the program? I texted Rook today and said, pull the trigger. Let's go. Let's go. I, I, I hope to find out more today. I really, really want to uh, give Jesse as much time as he wants. I think his views on the current uh, United States would just be absolutely fascinating, and I'm being serious. I'm being yeah, deadly I serious. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. So keep your fingers crossed. He's very reluctant to do American media. Right. Because well, you he, can't blame him. He holds a grudge against him for his uh, uh, his trial. Right. Yeah. But you know, maybe maybe he can reach back and remember the the good times we had. Well, and maybe if you point out that we have now a snoring dog uh, yeah. on the program, yeah. maybe that would entice him <laughs> Larry, a little bit more. Larry, Larry the dog, yeah. character yeah. now. Larry went upstairs. Oh. He went upstairs. Okay. He left me.
slowly? Did he waddle away? Yes. Yeah, right. In shame. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you, GLers. Yeah, that'll do it for today. Hey, don't forget about the PodMN app. It's your source for all things garage logic related. And the neatest thing about the PodMN app is you get notified the instant that this show gets posted every single day. Plus, there's a chance to win rewards each and every time you listen. And also, rate and review the PodMN app in your Google and Apple Play Store. PodMN, listen local. We'll catch you tomorrow right here in GL.